Hi. Hello. Happy opening to Head Over Heels on Broadway. Happy opening to Head Over Heels on Broadway. And happy four-year friend anniversary. Oh, yeah. Well, this was a great episode of One Last Thing, everybody. Bye. <laughs> should we start with Pose or should we end with Pose because it was the finale? I say let's end with Pose because you know, I feel like it's going to take us a minute. Yeah, and there also wasn't a lot of news this week. The coolest news of all was the CW Supergirl stuff. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm excited because at least from someone who, you know, doesn't watch the show, it kind of came out of left field and I was like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, so Nicole Maines, a trans teenage activist, I guess, and now is an actress or maybe she was an actress first and now she's an activist. I don't know. I don't know who she is, but she's a trans teen. So that's great. And she's going to play TV's first trans superhero in season four of Supergirl. Her name is, okay, her name is Nia Nall. I don't love that name. She joins Catco's reporting team. She is fierce and driven to protect others. Sure. She will follow a similar path to Kara slash Supergirl that will lead her to eventually embrace her superhero destiny as dreamer dc comics fans probably noticed so that's us that nia shares a last name with legion of superheroes member nura Nall, aka dream girl which is my kind of superhero although those two aren't the same character ew has confirmed that nia is nura's ancestor jesus <laughs> okay so nicole says she has this ferocious drive to protect people and to fight against discrimination and hatred she's the superhero we need right now good for her i'm just excited that it's going to be on Supergirl. They very easily could have put this on like the Flash or Arrow or like something else in the CW. But I think it's important that there's a trans girl on Supergirl. Yeah. And it's cool that she's a hero and not a villain. Yeah. Uh, and I hope be- they get along. I hope they get along too. Also, who is this girl? I don't know. I mean, I've seen the pictures and, you know, I've read the articles and I went, all right. Hi. Nice to meet you. Oh, there's a book about her. Oh. So she was in the trans list, much like Janet Mock. I wonder if they know each other. She was on Royal Pains. So my mom knows who she is. My mom loves Royal Pains. Seems like she's not, she doesn't have like a lot of, oh, she's the girl who created the bathroom thing. Oh, interesting. When Maines was in elementary school, the grandfather of a classmate complained about Maines using the girl's washroom. Following the incident, she was barred from using the female washroom and forced to use the staff washroom. Maines and her family sued the school district, claiming the school was discriminating against her. In June 2014, the Maine Supreme Judicial Court ruled that the school district violated the Human Rights Act and prohibited the district from barring transgender students access to bathrooms consistent with their gender identity. And she won $75,000. Yeah, so activist first, actress second. Wow, she came out as trans at three. Wow. And she has a twin brother. They were adopted. Oh, my God. She's got a crazy life. (laughs) (laughs) How much time do you think it'll be until she's on pose? Oh, 20 minutes. (laughs) Ryan Murphy already is like on the phone with her agent. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Next thing we have to talk about is from your mom. Yes. Our first ever One Last Thing guest submission which is my mom emailed me this article. So the headline is, a movie based on the Wham! song Last Christmas is coming from Emma Thompson. So every word of that is crazier than the last. So it's directed by Paul Feig. Okay. Which is amazing. It's written by Emma Thompson and British performance artist Bryony Kimmings. I don't know who that is, but the fact that she's writing it with a performance artist is special. Yeah. 
according to the performance artist, if Bryony, that's the performance artist, has her way, there may be roles for some trans actors. As she told RT, oh, the Radio Times, that George's gay rights advocacy, George Michael, inspired her while she was working on the script, noting, when I wrote my draft, I tried to slip in some trans people and make sure there was queer politics in there. I don't know how much of that remains. I doubt there'll be a trans lead, but I hope that there's quite an element of queer in there, because you know it's the story, it's based on the song Last Christmas. George was such a massive advocate for gay rights and a massive gay himself, so I hope there's a gay narrative in there. All I really want in this movie is for Anna Kendrick to show up and sing Freedom from Pitch Perfect 3. Sometimes the clothes do not make the man. That one? Yeah. <laughs> why? That's like George Michael's like famous gay song. Oh, I didn't know that. I was like, I don't, why this random song from Pitch Perfect? I didn't know it was a George Michael song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not clear whether this is a Hallmark Channel movie or like an actual Christmas movie, but either way, I can't wait to see it a thousand times. I hope it's both. Maybe it'll premiere on the Hallmark Channel and Lifetime and in theaters all at the same time. Oh, that would be wild. A major Christmas event. Uh, okay, so should we get to pose? Did you cry? Yeah, I kept a tear counter. Me too. I cried, I cried four times. I only cried twice. The first time was when MJ was holding the other mother in the diner at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one was when Charlene Woodward said, as long as he knows his life has value, he'll be unstoppable. Oh. The third one was when Billy was on the date with the guy and he told the guy that he's HIV positive and the guy said, I'm sorry that you're going through a rough time. What can I do to help? Uh Uh-huh. And then the fourth one was when MJ won Mother of the Year. My two were at the very end. The first one was I Have a Family. It was with Angel. And then because that's how she saved mine when Billy was announcing it. Yeah, that's the part that got me. I was like, oh my god. Okay, so let's go from the beginning. I have something to say before the episode even started. Did you watch it on FX.com? No. Because I did and the sponsor of the episode was Samuel Adams. So at every commercial I had to watch a beer commercial and it was horrible. (laughs) The first thing that comes up before like Ryan Murphy shows on FX is the ratings. Yeah. For some reason this finale was the first time that I realized that it's rated MA for language and violence but not sexual situations which I thought was interesting. Well were there any sexual situations in this episode? Um, I mean we saw them at the Peep show a couple of times yeah. but there wasn't really and usually it's like a rating for the show overall. I thought it was for the episode itself. I don't know but I, I just thought it was interesting that it was like the show deals with like very gender heavy and sex heavy conversations and there was literally just violence and language and I was like oh okay also what violence was in this episode that's what makes me think that it's like for overall yeah that's weird Um, but so first of all the montage at the beginning of the episode was really nice it definitely was showing that they were trying to pass time really quickly with only eight episodes and I thought that it was very funny that Ryan took our note to make the city look dirtier me too something I really liked about that montage was it's been sort of a good thing in general about this show is that whenever they show the peep show, even if the main character who's working there is there because she's going through a tough time or is having a tough time while she's there, they don't only show like downtrodden, abused, horrible situations for women there. Like in the montage this week, in the dressing room, everyone was like laughing and having a good time and all the other people who work there seem to be just like living their lives, which I think is cool that there's this like whole plot line about sex 
workers and it never shames them or like presents them in a way where it's like oh once again they're like the you know hookers who hate their lives and are having the worst time ever I think that's really cool yeah I fully gasped when MJ was behind the glass me too I was like okay finally Something for me. And then I really liked the scene that they had at the diner. Me too. My first favorite quote of the episode was, turns out the only thing I'm qualified to do is look good and give orders because I deeply related to that. (laughs) Uh, And then also I thought it was a really, really nice quote from MJ when she said, none of us wins when one of us gets beat down, even if it was someone who had the beat down coming to them. Yeah. And it kind of works with what we were talking about in this week's politics episode with the whole um, like gay joke at homophobic people that it's like the gay joke hurts even though like I get it but it like actually hurts an entire community when you do that oh shit which we also said we were going to talk about this on this week's episode oh yeah well here we are yeah I mean that's all we have to say about it I feel like just it sucks and don't do it so my next note which I do repeat multiple times in this so here's just the first instance of it Ricky is so damn hot I he really know what to do with myself. And he and Damon are so cute together. They really are. I'm also, listen, I think that they're dating in real life. You do. Interesting. Because they've, okay, they did a photo shoot recently that was very scandalous. Not skin-wise, but, like, there's one where they're, like, touching tongues and like they're they just they love each other so much and i know that it's probably just as actors but i think <laughs> that some something's going on on the side i would be super into that i think that's great if season two they were like these two people are actually dating in real life i'd be like wow this is everything i wanted from the leah and Corey relationship except it's not glee i was just noticing throughout this whole episode that the woman who plays the other mother is so her line deliveries are so good like in that next scene where she goes I cannot express the gratitude for extending this kindness it made me laugh out loud I love her so much I just can't believe her and also should we say what we know about her oh yeah so we were looking at her Instagram we discovered that she is also a snowboarder (laughs) which is incredible and Dominique T.A.R. Jackson If you are listening, we want more snowboarding content on your Instagram. At first, I was like, oh, this is just like the way that she's going to do this in her speech pattern. But then in this episode, when she was not on the top of her game, that's not how she was speaking. Yeah. And I literally like slammed on the brakes and was like, hold the fuck up. How dare you pull this like actress language shit on me (laughs) and like make me feel just by the way that you're speaking. Also, just to jump around the tiniest bit, we, since we're talking about her, must address maybe the greatest monologue in the history of television the read at the end yeah oh my god i literally was like on the edge of my seat through that whole thing i was like this is television yeah if that had been in like a movie or a play or something that people watch communally it would have gotten a full standing ovation oh for sure it definitely got a standing ovation in my bedroom (laughs) and the shot of poppy watching it was so funny it was i think dominique jackson for emmy oh for sure her and mj are like top competitors right now yeah and what would be great is if mj is leading actress and she's featured actress or supporting actress whatever it is at the emmys then they could both win and that would be great can you imagine and then damon could win lead actor and billy porter could win supporting actor and janet can win director and writer yeah and then hashtag pose sweep (laughs) my next note is i love the quote daddies are in me too I thought it was so funny. So the scene where our, we're not going to say what scene because we don't want people to find us, but the scene where our recording studio was in the background. Yep. Was. 
I can't explain the noise that I made. I think I, it was rude. How did they not tell us? I know. I know. We're there all the time. And they weren't just like, hey, as the two biggest fans of the show, do you guys just want to be in the background when we're outside your recording studio? And there's literally no excuse because they filmed the finale after we started doing these recaps. So there's no reason as to why we were not even informed yeah. that they would be there. Listen, anyone associated with Pose, should you ever return there, which it seems like you will, please DM us. <laughs> something that made me like really laugh, and it was something so small, was when MJ's at Indochine and she's making Dominique get the job and she's like go get like go ask for a resume and she does I fucking died when MJ was in the back and she was like work bitch yes and then when they turned to each other and they like screamed and then the woman came back and they went back to normal the, like, yeah I was like this is bit. so great Ugh. my next note is just literally a bunch of gibberish and then Ricky in these shorts and cropped up <laughs> I wrote I'm so sorry about this audition scene can't believe you're going into casting yeah when the guy like said everybody could stay and then turned to Ricky and was like and you you can stay I was like that's me <laughs> I also love that they just pulled this dancer plot for him I know because they were like they... oh you've been so good at the balls and you're dancing and stuff and I'm like he doesn't dance he just like takes his shirt off and like makes girls freak out and that's and then he wins a trophy which I mean I'm all here for but I was like <laughs> he, he doesn't dance and then when he started dancing I was like well Ricky's a dancer speaking of hot men on this show how about Billy's new boyfriend oh my god he showed up and I was like I don't know much but I know that's a handsome man I mean Billy's last boyfriend was really 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 cute and then I was like well we're probably not gonna get a love interest from Billy and then when they were going for it I was like whoa this is like some strong movement in this plot line because you never really see that you see yeah. like in typical like age dramas you see like someone lose their lover and then that's it yeah and and then they just kind of like go on and with this I was like there's no way and then when he showed up and was so cute and had that moment I was like okay not only am I in love with this guy uh but he's also so hot during that scene I was like wow so this show is not only full of trans women but it has two gay couples that are all people of color. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. It's just so great. And I'm so into it. And also two black gay couples that both get happy endings at the end of the season. Yeah, really. And only one of the four is HIV positive, which is not a bad thing or a good thing. I was just like, oh, well, it just means that that will not be a plot line with any of these relationships. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they handle Billy dating this guy in season two. Oh, for sure. When they kiss, also, my oh, immediate yeah. thought was in BPM, Beats Per Minute, the French film, when they kiss in the back of the classroom. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Anybody that's listening, you if you haven't seen BPM yet, put on some subtitles and go do it. Oh, I also could not believe that he was a sculptor. When the fuck was the last time that you saw a sculptor on TV? Okay, here's the thing. I have recently, some people from my most recent job can confirm this if they're listening, decided that I want to be a sculptor. <laughs> in the middle of my last tech process, I was like, I want to be a sculptor. And the person I was talking to was like, what? And I was like, I think it is my calling to be a sculptor. So when I saw, like for the first time ever, some representation of sculptors, I was like, this is a sign. I have to go to grad school for sculpting. <laughs> so look for my upcoming sculpture exhibit at my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pick my medium. I think I want to carve stone. Sure. Anyway. When Billy was explaining the story behind his ex, he said something about how long it's been. And I was like, 
damn, this show moves so quickly. Oh, yeah. They gave us a little bit of a hint in the timeline. So Damon gets the renewal of the scholarship. So it's the end of the school year. So it's May in this episode. And in episode four, right? It was Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. But also it all has to take place in under a year because this is the first time we've seen the Mother of the Year competition. Right. I would love if they could provide us with the date that every episode takes place. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Season two, Rhymer, if you're you're listening, because I know you are, when you do your place cards, just like throw a date on there. Yeah. The moment that made me laugh the hardest in this episode was when Ricky and Damon were like, we're going to be dancing in I'll Be Sure's tour. And the other mother was like, I love them. I have their tape. I'm going to go get it so we can all listen. It was like screaming and ran out of the room. And they were all like, well... It was a double whammy for me because I thought that it was so wacky. And then I was like, well, that's pretty out of character. And they very easily could have been directed to be like, she's being crazy. But instead they were just like, what the fuck? And I was yeah. like, that's the joke right there. That scene made me laugh so hard. We should start our episodes with good evening and good morning hookers. Oh, just like I, good morning sluts from Scream Queens. It's exactly like that. I'm actually lying in bed looking at my Scream Queens poster right now. My next note, I don't remember when it is, but... There was a line that was very much just like thrown to the side, but for some reason it hit me really hard. Every once in a while they like give little hints as to where they are in the timeline as we were just talking about, but they were like, and they just closed all the bathhouses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason it stuck out and I was like, oh shit. My next note is I was robbed for Diva of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) My next note is that other mother doing MJ's makeup was just shot for shot burlesque. Oh yeah. Also, I hope the Evan Peters wrap up in the finale means that he's not going to be in season two because that would be great i'm very curious as to where that's going i hope it's going nowhere and he just like never comes back i think that he will come back for season two but it'll be like he watches her in the ball or something i would be totally fine if he did not come back but ryan likes evan peters yeah i need season two like in the fall i would love for it to start like next week even okay so it's time for my poppy note Okay. Is it when MJ was cleaning the food off of his face in the ending? No. Okay. It was when he said, got room for one more. Mm -hmm. I like, I felt it. I'm so glad you finally, after eight episodes, have any compassion for him. I did. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting to trust you now. I trusted him in the pilot and in the finale and nothing in between. (laughs) You didn't trust him in the pilot. You said you don't trust him. No, I trust him in the pilot. But the preview for the next week had him Uh, like selling drugs. And I I was like, I don't like that. Also, I need to know who the DJ is because all we get is Billy Porter being like, stop the music. And then the music stops. But we never see who does it. And I think that that would be a wacky character. That would be a great opportunity for some stunt casting. Oh, yeah. Like if the DJ was like trying to think who the most famous person it could be and still be in the world of the show. I think it would be crazy and like very Ryan Murphy if it was an actor that we didn't know, but it was a character that we knew, like somebody very famous from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Like he was like, stop the music, Andy Warhol or something. Yeah. (laughs) And it's Evan Peters as Andy Warhol. (laughs) That's how he comes back. You know who it's going to be, though, is Sarah Paulson. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt in my mind. I can't wait to see how they work her into this show. Actually, I see Dennis O'Hare in the show really strongly. Dennis O'Hare is going to play... He's going to play like the landlord of the place that they have the balls. Yeah, or some like homophobic mayor character. Oh, yeah. My next note is that Ricky is so hot. Okay. It was when he like, when he walked in the ball. Also, let's just... That ball was so great. 
that whole sequence, the way it was filmed, was so cool. I was like, this is the best ball since the pilot. And I mean, all the balls have been good, but that was just like uh, everything. My next note is, what are they going to do with that damn trophy? They got so many trophies this week. Okay, if you are a member of FX or Pose, I really need in season two some clarity on what happens with the trophies and who makes them. Maybe Dennis O'Hare is the person that supplies the trophies. I would love if like there was just one shot in the premiere of season two that had all their trophies in one place. Yeah. I don't remember when this happens, but I thought that Damon's choice to go to school and let Ricky go on tour was very smart. Definitely. Also, I'm confused because his audition for the school was not at the new school. And then in the finale, he was like, oh, I accepted my second year at the new school. And I was like, since when do you go to the new school? I just think it's so amazing that this show that's mostly black all queer and trans people ended with just like all of them getting like a happy ending where they're all together and having a good time so anyway there's pose season one what are we going to talk about on these episodes now that it's over i guess we'll just have to go back to our regularly scheduled content which is yeah you know i don't know maybe maybe we'll start back over and we can start back with the pilot We just start recapping again. We just slowly become more and more of just a Pose podcast. Yeah. Posecast. <gasps> Posecast! Oh, no. Everyone get ready to subscribe to two podcasts hosted by the same people. Wow. Posecast. If anyone starts a Pose podcast called Posecast, um, I want You'll 50% be of your money. Yeah. Is that it for the week? I think so. Let me double check. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Okay. I just found something that is crazy. Okay. Have you been watching, and I know you haven't, and with an E? I literally don't even know what that is. It's the, like, Anne of Green Gables Netflix show. Oh, sure. Okay, so ready for this? Okay. Season two of Anne with an E cleverly reworks the story to feature five LGBTQ characters. Whoa. Including the portrayal of one of the main roles, Great Aunt Josephine Barry, as a lesbian. Whoa, that's so cool. Basically, Aunt Josephine, in the book, she comes in and she's grieving over someone that she's lost. And the writers were like, well, who's she grieving? And so they made it that, like, her girlfriend died. Wow. And then, who were the other ones? Also, why were they, why did they only come in in season two? I think because season one may have, like, really directly followed the book. And then, apparently, there's a whole plot about the Boston marriage stuff. There's a plot about homosexuality being punishable by imprisonment and a death sentence. Oh my god. But apparently Anne of Green Gables is uh, stepping into 2018. More like Anne of Queer Gables. Oh, wow. Oh, and this may be nothing. Did you watch the video of Monica Lewinsky singing Over the Rainbow at Alan Cummings Club? Of course I didn't. (laughs) Also something that we're recording this too late to actually make it happen. But something that I promised that I would mention on the podcast this week is that when we were calling people to do the Milk Milk challenge we called my cousin Alyssa who lives in Virginia and she did not answer however I told her about it later when she asked me why I called her and she said I'm glad I didn't answer because I do say milk but that's about it for me well we'll see you on Monday for our advice episode oh yeah I'm so excited for this okay putting this out there now so we did this advice episode we asked everybody a couple weeks ago to send in advice we got some advice it was amazing we recorded the episode and then we got a couple more people that asked for advice on things i have taken note of it gotten the really good ones and we're going to talk about them next friday on one last thing however however don't send us any more advice questions (laughs) 
and expect them to be on episodes, you can totally do it and we will answer. But like, or do it and we'll save it for just like another advice episode. Yeah. If you're good with waiting until a possible season four for that advice to be answered, go for it. But otherwise, we'll answer it in DMs and through email and stuff. It won't be on the episode. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you on Monday. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.